Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. In today's episode, I'll talk about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can learn more about our people and our ministries. This Sunday, our pastor, Dr. Drew Hines, preached his third sermon in the series on death and what happens after death. The sermon was entitled, Resurrection. The text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Drew expounded on the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the intention of the resurrection, and the image of the resurrection. Drew explained how the bodily resurrection of Jesus is the centerpiece of our faith. Because of His victorious life, courageous death, and triumphant resurrection, we too can experience these same things. He explained how full redemption includes the body as well as the spirit. And he explained what our transformed bodies will be like, as our glorified bodies will be recognizable, relational, and real, just as the risen Christ was with His disciples. As I listened to this sermon, I was reminded of a personal story an elderly lady named Helen shared with my mother many years ago, and it revolved around the earthquake of 1886. The earthquake hit Charleston, South Carolina, with a magnitude of 7.3. It's the largest recorded earthquake in the southeastern United States. It was felt as far south as Cuba as far west as the Mississippi River, and even as far north as New York. Structural damage was even found in areas of Alabama and Ohio. The initial quake lasted almost exactly one minute. Now, Helen's mother was 15 when this event happened, and they lived right here in this area near Greer. Having never experienced anything like this before, Helen's grandmother quickly gathered her children thinking maybe this was it. I mean, maybe this is the rapture. And she took her children through the woods to the nearest cemetery. She wanted to see the dead in Christ rise out of their graves. Now, that's a strange story. But ultimately, I see that Helen's grandmother trusted God's word that the dead in Christ will rise first. She went to the cemetery to find hope in the midst of that tragedy. And that's really the point of these verses here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Is In verse 13, he states the purpose. As the Apostle Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And then the teaching is in the next verse. In verse 14, Paul says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Christ. See, he wanted them to understand that, yes, as soon as you die, your spirit immediately goes to be with the Lord. But one day, even your body will be raised to join that spirit and be with the Lord. And you will have a new, glorious, glorified body. And so the application is found at the end of that passage in verse 18, where Paul says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And see, it all that comfort is all based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul makes that clear in all of his writings. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 8, Paul says, Remember that Jesus Christ, 
of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, really the whole chapter is about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. Where in the beginning of the chapter there, he states the gospel about the resurrection. And then he goes into what would happen if the resurrection really weren't true. But he gets to verse 20 and he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead, and he has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. And he ends that passage with verses 54 to 57 by saying, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul points out to the Corinthians, to the Thessalonians, and to us that the resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our hope. And for the hope of those who are dead in Christ, Jesus was raised from the dead, and those who are in Christ will be raised from the dead as well. Our belief in Jesus is more powerful than death. Death, while unavoidable, does not get the last word. Even cemeteries can become places of hope and expectation because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I hope this helps you in your walk with Christ. My guest today is Melanie Hughes. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Trent, for having me. Well, tell me something about you and your family. Well, um, I'm married to Kenny, and we have two adult daughters who have blessed us with seven grandchildren, and uh, we are all here at Washington Baptist Church. Yes, and all very faithful, I'll say that. Um, Now, what led you to Washington? Well, the story that I'm told by my parents is that when I was about two years old, every church they tried to go to, I would cry when we would go to the church nursery. And they tried several different things to... Um, not let me know we were heading to church, but I ended up figuring it out and crying when we would get there. So it got so bad, I made myself sick one Sunday, and Daddy decided we needed to try something else. So they visited Washington, and when they took me to the nursery, that was the first church nursery that I didn't cry, and I stayed there. And so uh, the Lord led them to stay here at Washington, so it has been our church home ever since, and my parents are still here as well. That's it, yes. Um, Earl and Martha Waldrop wonderful people and I think a whole lot of them too even uh, growing up I was not at Washington growing up but I knew of them and uh, wonderful parents that you have so well that's an interesting story of, of kind of what led your whole family here now how are you involved right now at Washington well one of the biggest ways that I'm involved is, and have been is it's been working with children and I work in children's Sunday school and with our children's choir and the WANA programs and uh, most of the ways that are, the children are involved with in the summer times, I'm involved with Vacation Bible School and also our SAM camp and have been since I was 18 years old. Um, when I graduated from high school, Barbara Henderson asked me to come and teach Sunday school with her in the fifth and sixth grade class. And I knew nothing about teaching, was very shy, didn't that was just not my, um, didn't think that was my cup of tea, but I, I told her I would. And so she mentored me and helped me to teach Sunday school for several years. And uh, an opening came up in third and fourth grade, and I had the privilege of teaching with Sarah Pennington for a number of years. And I have been in children's Sunday school ever since that time, and I was just grateful for the, 
the mentorship of these ladies because that's probably something I would never have done. And I'm also involved with um, uh, the ladies' Bible studies. Yes. Um, I um, always wanted to be a part to, to read God's Word, and I had a struggle with reading and comprehension and a lot of things and just couldn't stay focused to read a book during school and that kind of thing. But I always knew that I needed to be in God's Word, and I prayed and asked God to give me a love for His Word, and my New Year's resolution for years and years and years was to read the Bible through. And I would always start January in Genesis, and I would get a little ways, and then it struggle with it and give it up, not stay committed. And the next year I tried again, I might get a little farther, but just never could stay committed. And um, when I was about 35 years old, I picked up the Bible one day to read it, just kind of searching for answers. And the next day I picked it up again. And the next day I picked it up again. And about 10 years later, I was preparing a Sunday school lesson. And the lesson was talking about how you know, when we commit our ways to the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart. And I remembered that prayer that I prayed to love God's Word, and I realized that over those years, He had given me a love for His Word. And I began doing the ladies' Bible studies um, in 2004. At the uh, Another uh, lady in our church encouraged me to for us to do a little morning Bible study. And at her encouragement, I did it and have been doing so ever since. And God's Word has just been, become a real passion for me. And I still don't like to read, but God's Word is something that I can. And I know He did that because that was not in me to do myself. That's it. Yeah, well, I know you're, a lot of people have taken your Bible studies um, over the years, and you do quite a few each year. Yes, we um, try to... We have in the past done a morning study and an evening study, and since March with the COVID um, situation, we had to cancel our in-person um, Bible studies for a while, but I have continued the morning study, and we have been meeting virtually ever since, and so that it's really been a blessing because it gave us community and connection, and it also kept us in God's Word, and we needed that encouragement during this difficult time, and God's Word just... You know, if you're going to read it, he's going to encourage you, and no matter what situation you're in, and it's just been a blessing to study with ladies and. Over right. This time. Well, that's, yeah, I know you've made a huge difference here at Washington with those Bible studies and your investment in our children's programs, like you say, with Sunday school, Awana, Sam Camp, our choirs, and um, even through the the COVID thing we're still dealing with now, most of those are still up and running. I know mm -hmm. our Sunday school classes for children have started back. The children's choirs yes. have started back. Yeah. And, and we're preparing uh, for Christmas in hopes that it. we get to be able to to participate in Christmas programs. Right, soon. and that is exciting. I know my daughter's a part of that, and she <laughs> loves it, and she thrives off that music. And um, it was sad during the times we couldn't have it and couldn't have our Sunday school program, but we were even still offering things online for the children yes. and even mail-outs that, that you did, even some personal deliveries Yes. that you and your helpers made throughout the summer, which was a huge thing uh, for Kareth, my daughter, and for other children, I'm, I'm sure. And I know we have an event coming up on Saturday night. That's usually our awesome autumn celebration, uh, but this year it's our trunk retreats because of COVID. Yes. Would you like to share some information about that? Yes, we have this annually every um, October 31st and has been a big uh, church, I mean, uh, a community event 
presented by our church. And this year, due to the restrictions, we're going to be having an outdoor trunk of treats only. It will be a drive-through type thing where you can drive your car through the church campus. We'll have people showing you the way to go and you'll stop at the different trunks and they will be passing out candy and treats to the to the children and the families and we just look forward to seeing everyone and um, hopefully next year we can do our, our normal one again but we just want to reach out to the children and let them know we're still here, that we love them and hopefully if someone doesn't have a church home that they'll know that they're welcome at Washington. That's it and I had somebody just the other day ask me what we were gonna do with our fall festival um, because they come every single year, but they don't come to our church. And that's the thing, is, is people connect our, that with our church as an outreach. Yes. Um, also, our last question I always ask is, what do you think is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? Well, for me, the best thing has been, as I said, when I first came here as a, a, a two-year-old, the, the church nursery really began to instill in me the love of Jesus. And uh, this some some of the same ladies who were there when I came here were still in the nursery when my daughters were born and rocked them and there was even one lady who was still here when my first granddaughter was born and uh, she was about 25 when I came and was wow. a senior adult and rocked my granddaughter and just that commitment of people pouring into children and loving children I also had a uh, my children's choir director, Miss Geneva B. Barton. She led us children in choir every Sunday, taught us the love of music, and music has always been a passion of mine. It was something that, that's what my family did on Sundays after church was to sing, and we just enjoyed music. And so I had a love for music from, from such a young age that the church instilled in me. And then um, as I continued on, as, as I said, Barbara Henderson encouraged me to teach Sunday school with her and others mentored me in that regard and gave me positions to work in the church and serve in the church in a lot of ways. And, and now we have the opportunity to see even more young people coming up in the church, learning to serve and um, and teaching Sunday school. We have a great group of young ladies who have stepped up in the last couple of years just have become a passion for teaching Sunday school in Awana and the other areas. And I think just the fact that the um, the adults are mentoring the young people. You know, we've gone on mission trips and the, the adults take the youth and the youth, you know, just show the adults, you know, how God is working. And that's just been a big thing here. The young people have had a chance to serve our two-year-olds sing in the worship services, and you don't see that often. And right. To me, that's just a big thing that Washington has instilled in people, and I hope to be able to instill that in the young people today in your Pray For Me campaign that you just started, how the, the three generations of adults are praying for the young people, and I just can't wait to see what God's going to do with that. Yes, well, I've it's been a blessing, the whole thing, and I, I agree with what you just said about um, our children being involved and investing in our children. Like when we came, I've been at Washington now, my family and I, for eight years, and my daughter is eight years old. So when she was born, we came to Washington, and part of the reason why we came was the children's programs. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that we offer here, and Kareth has just been poured into by people, and she was led to the Lord here in this church. and. Um, you were a, a huge part of that and the whole uh, children's program that you, you kind of really helped run. So um, it is an amazing place to be and, and God is blessing it and I do think we need to continue to invest in these future generations. Mm -hmm. So 
Thank you for your investment there and all that you do to serve the Lord. Okay. Thank you for having me, Trent. Melanie mentioned she is coordinating our drive through Trunk of Treats. It will take place this Saturday, October 31st, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Everyone is welcome. The cars will be parked in the back parking lot of the church, and we still have room for more. If you'd like to decorate the trunk of your car, please contact Melanie Hughes to reserve your space. If you'd like to donate candy, there are bins located in the church, near the elevators, and near the prayer chapel. We're always in need of volunteers. If you'd like to volunteer to help on Saturday night, just let Melanie Hughes know. And spread the word about this event as we reach out to our community. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and follow this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.